It's my pleasure to have you with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. And coming up later, we're going to have Clark Stinks for you. But right now, it is my pleasure to introduce my oldest daughter. Hello. Hello, Rebecca. And Rebecca, I've had a number of people ask me about how things went when I announced last year that you were, I guess it was a year and a half ago I announced you were engaged on the air. Uh And uh, in a very unsentimental thing, I talked about how I had decided to handle money for your wedding, for you and your now husband. So to recap for people who are not aware, what I did was I said, here's a sum of money for the two of you to plan your wedding. Plan it however you want. Don't ask me for approval on anything. I don't want to be involved. The two of you decide the wedding you want to have. And if you spend more than the sum of money, then that comes out of the two of your pockets. If you spend less, you keep the money. Yes, and thank you so much. So that is something that uh, people have been very curious about and ask me when I'm out and about. So I thought, who better to ask how that went for you and your husband versus the normal thing if uh, parents are paying for a wedding where you say, well, we want this, we want that, we want the other, and it causes this tension between parent and child and all that. So how did it go with the two of you being completely in charge? I think it was great. And again, thank you for the money. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was wonderful. Having that set amount also makes you even, makes you think about even more what you're spending, I think, because for us, our most important thing was paying off Travis's, the rest of his student loans. So we knew if we kept the cost of the wedding down, we could possibly be debt free. So that was obviously a very um, important factor for us. So what we did is I still had my perfect wedding. It was the best day of my life. And all we did was we found ways. We made a list of what was most important to us. And we ended up realizing that some of the things weren't. But we just did all kinds of things to cut corners. And But I didn't feel like I was missing anything. So you just, you know, you have to really look at what's important. And we are now, thanks to you, Debt free, and that was that was not why I did it. I did it because I didn't want that pressure <laughs> about. But Dad, we need to do this. We need to do that. And so by giving, just writing the two of you a check and letting you plan your wedding, it gave you all the power and all the control. And I did not expect the result. Really? And I was very impressed with both of you that you had the discipline to cut, 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 cut things that you would have, you had imagined would be part (laughs) of your wedding. Uh, The thing of charging people $100 a person to come to your wedding, I thought that was a little weird. Very funny. No, no, nothing like that happened. I mean, I have, I'm the, I am the woman that has thought about her wedding and has been planning her wedding my entire life. So I could see why you would be a little surprised that I didn't spend everything on the wedding. 
but it was really important to me to start our lives out as, you know, as nicely as we possibly could. <laughs> but no, people had a lot of opinions about, oh, your dad just didn't give you whatever, you know, we know we could uh, afford it, blah, blah, blah. But that wasn't really necessary. You know, I still had the best video ever. I just used a video student. You know, you just, you know, there's lots of easy ways to cut corners. The one thing, though, is our number one thing was photography. So that's the first thing we spent money on. And we knew we both agreed on that. So it's just what's important to you. Well, I'm glad it worked out <laughs> and that everything did do go very well. I remember, though, when I sat down with the two of you and told you this is what I was planning to do, and I said, so if the two of you choose to go um, get married at the courthouse, no. you would have all this money. <laughs> and your eyes started welling up in tears because no. I really, um, you know, I'm a guy. I didn't really uh, get, I'm often clueless about things like this, how important it was to you to have this wedding you had imagined for so long. And so that's why I then thought, oh my goodness, she's going to blow through all that money. <laughs> Plus, and you managed to have that great wedding and end up spending well under the money that I gave the two of you. Yeah. And just so everyone's aware, he didn't give me a crazy amount of money or anything. I gave the average amount that at that time was what couples were spending on a wedding. Yeah. that I had reported on the show. And that's exactly what I offered the two of you. Yeah, very, very generous. So, um, But no, it was, I, I blocked that out about you suggesting the courthouse, but because um, <laughs> that was just not happening. Well, also, um, the, you know, life's, life and love in it is a lottery. And the two of you just hit the jackpot with I each know. other. So that's the most important thing is what comes after the wedding day. Yes. And uh, you were both such a magical couple. And Aww. so I'm really excited for both of you. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> Paul is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Paul. Hey, Clark. So, Paul, what's going on with you? I recently sold my home. And I had I received a, a profit because I've been able to pay ahead. So I, I say profit. I got money back in the closing. And so I'm just kind of sitting on the check because I'm goofy, and I, I just need to know where do I put it. Can I put it in my normal checking account, but will I be taxed on that, or do I need to set up a separate account? So there's no tax difference where you put the money next. The tax is based on not what money you got at the closing table, but whatever profit, if you did make a profit, on the sale of the house, if it was your personal residence, was it your personal residence? Correct, it was personal. Then uh, if you're single, the first quarter million dollars of profit is tax-free. If you're married, the first $500,000 in profit is tax-free. So almost all real estate transactions now from owner-occupied homes are t uh, tax-free events. So okay. th the money you can do whatever you want to with even if you made a profit, as long as you lived there the last two years before you sold it. Okay. So as to where I'd put the money, I'd start with putting it in an online savings account, where right now okay. you'll earn somewhere around 2.3, 2.35, somewhere in that range on your savings. 
versus at a traditional bank where you'll earn usually one one hundredth of one percent. Okay, right. And, I, I knew and, that. and you probably see the ads on TV now for a lot okay. of the online banks. Okay. They're all legit. If you want to find who's paying the best rates, one source you can go to is bankrate.com and look at their savings rates or go to gobankingrates.com. Those are the okay. two sources that are probably the most popular. And all those institutions listed are FDIC insured. And uh, pretty much across the board, as interest rates have risen, you're going to earn somewhere 2 point something percent versus the basically nothing point nothing percent that traditional okay. banks pay. Right. Well, I guess my credit union is also an alternative because I am a member at a credit union. So interestingly enough, the credit unions are not paying the level of interest on savings that the online banks pay. Because really? the online banks don't have any branches. They don't have any of that overhead. Right. And so that's why they're able to pay more and uh, often much more than what even my sure. favorite credit unions are paying. And uh, then, then the question comes, what next with the money? What's your right. goal with that money? What do you hope to accomplish with it? That's uh, probably going to be the down payment on the next home. Oh, then just leave it stashed in the online savings account and earn what you can while it sits in a parking space till the time comes that you're going to buy that next home. And then you've got that money readily available with no risk. Dennis is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Dennis. How are you doing, Clark? I'm doing great. Thank you, Dennis. How can I serve you? I have kind of toyed around with cutting the cord for television for some time. My wife and I actually, we didn't have a television for years after we got married, and then we've moved in with her mother for the last seven years or so to help her out. And she watches more television, so she's had cable. But we have toyed around with some of the options, and so far none of them are going to work for her because she's older and she's she's stuck with the channel and the volume on the controller, and that's it. And I'm trying to find out if there's anybody out there who's trying to kind of forge into that territory for older folks. Very low-tech no, stuff. No, you know, the industry for new wave of television, all the streaming, is not at all focused on how to make television easier for older people. That's not their thing. Um, they're really trying to capture people's eyeballs young and hoping that once somebody selects, whether they're going to be with Hulu or, um, you know, be with... Uh, be with um, <laughs> YouTube TV or DirecTV Now or uh, whichever one of them sling they're going to go with, that once they adopt to one, they'll stay with it. So that's the whole focus. But I have a question yeah, for you. Yeah, that makes sense. Got a question yes. for you about her. How much is her viewing on traditional broadcast, like ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox? Uh Probably the only thing is Fox News. Oh, Fox News. So if it's going to be Fox News, then you could... If, is there one TV in particular she watches? Pretty much, yes. So you could switch to a streaming product 
have one TV that's set up for her that all it's on is Fox. Yeah. And she'd be able to watch yeah. Fox News that's whenever she idea. wanted with just a push of a button on the controller for the TV that it would just go straight on to Fox. And you could, as part of the stream you have on other TVs, change all you want, watch what you want, but just have the TV for her set up with a simple one-button push, and then you eliminate the pay TV bill that you're paying for traditional pay TV for her, and you get something that works for you, being able to save all that money with the stream, and she's able to watch Fox News when she wants. That'd be great if I can program like that. Do you have much feedback from folks about the voice control remotes? Yes. So uh, both Amazon and Roku offer voice control remotes. I think at her age, she'd have a really hard time with that. Oh, still. Okay. Yeah, I think it'd be really easy for you, not so much for her. Daryl is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Daryl. Hello, Clark. How's it going? We're doing wonderful today. How are you? Great, thank you. You have a question for me about a crime that drives everybody batty. Yes, I do. Credit cards, I guess they're called skimmers, where they steal your credit card information when you swipe or insert your cards. Yes, so this is something that is a vulnerability in the payment system in the United States, is that gas stations, because of the complexity about how gas pumps work and how the credit and debit card processing works at a pump, that gas station operators were given several extra years to comply with chip reading. And so criminals have increasingly come up with more and more sophisticated ways to steal the information from the old stripe that's on the back of a card or strip, whatever you call that, and be able to immediately, usually within minutes, make purchases, could be all the way around the country, on the card that you just used at pay at the pump. In my local locale, evidently it is happening now even as far as doing with, with Bluetooth. My question yes. today to you is, I have noticed that several of the uh, gas companies are now offering apps on your phone so you can pay for your gas and make your purchase over your phone without doing a credit card swipe. Is this safer or will we have the same vulnerabilities because uh, we're using a Bluetooth product from our phone to somewhere at that gas station? As best I've read, it is a much safer way and gets around the vulnerability. I've not heard a single report of anybody's card being compromised using one of the gas station apps to actually pre-authorize and pay for your pay at the pump. With that being said, I, I did something uh, when I started researching this, as you tell us always to do, and I read the fine print of the terms and conditions of some of these apps. And honestly and truthfully, the terms and conditions scared me to death because what I was reading, my understanding is that this company reserves the right to any information electronically on your phone. What is that? Did I misinterpret that? No, that's a problem with apps, one app after another after another, that companies reserve the right 
to snoop on everything that goes on your phone. It is unconscionable, unacceptable, and it's why we in the United States need to follow the Europeans to have national laws that govern safety and privacy for your personal information on your own phone. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, which is about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. Empowerment with knowledge? What does that mean? That from me, you expect information you can use, advice, and you expect it to be in a form that you can put to work in your life. Maybe not today, maybe tomorrow, or maybe it can be a benefit to someone you know. But there are times you'll hear me answer a question from someone, uh, speak about a topic or whatever, and you feel like, oh, come on, Clark, you missed it. You missed the point. Or you gave bad advice, bad information. You're just wrong. That's why we have Clark Stinks. You go to Clark.com, go to Clark Stinks, you can see what other people are unhappy with me about, and you can post your thoughts, your feelings, and others can read it, they can comment on it, they can agree, disagree with you. And then once a week, our producer, Krista, goes through your posts on Clark Stinks and shares them with you here on the air. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. All right, this is a return poster who's upset that you forgot about the first post that you responded to. How to properly deal with free trials. Clark, for the third time, I need to scold you. It seems like at least... At least once a year, you bring up the issue about free trials that make you sign up with a credit card and the issue of forgetting to cancel before being charged. Way back in 2017, I mentioned the perfect solution to this problem, which you praised me for and said you'd make a point of mentioning each time. Recently, you brought it up again and failed to mention the trick to avoid it. I'm very disappointed. So here's the old post. Don't throw it away. That emptied gift card still has an incredibly useful purpose still. Anytime I need to sign up for a service with a free trial that will eventually start charging me, so they require you to enter a credit card info just to get get started, instead of trying to remember to cancel in a month or several, I just use that zero balance Visa slash MasterCard gift card to sign up. They don't know the difference, and I'm safe from either forgetting or the service trying to weasel in unexpected charges. And again, that's a great suggestion. And maybe we're finding out that I'm getting older and not remembering things because I remember as soon as, Krista, you were reading that, I remember that from two years ago. So that is a great idea. And I will not forget it a fourth time. Dearest Clark, I realize I'm writing to you via your Clark Stinks, but I really love listening to you and like most of your advice, except... Your advice on keeping razor blades forever. I realize it's been a while since I heard you speak on the topic, but I've got to tell you how often I'm shaving my legs and thinking of you. I didn't realize. I didn't. I didn't really believe you when I heard your advice on this, but just for kicks, I tried it. I dried my razors after using them. I'd use a towel and I'd prop them up next to a fan. I'd blow dry them while I dried my hair. Guess what? This advice stinks. This really came into focus this past summer while painting windows. I'd use straight edge blades to clean off the excess paint around the frames. Clark, I went through a whole box of blades working around the edges. 
Whether on windows, cleaning up paint, or on my legs, razor blades get dull because they are cutting something. Drying them off doesn't keep them sharp forever, as you indicated. I highly doubt Mrs. Howard listens to you on this. If she does, she must have hairy legs and a scratched-up face from kissing you. Still love listening to you, but I'm buying stock in Venus. Linda in Brookfield, Wisconsin. Linda, thank you're you awesome, for that. You're awesome, Linda. <laughs> Linda, that's really fun. Okay, so uh, now you can't see this on radio, so do ladies here. How do I look shaved today? How does it look? Good. Kim's here as well. A little well. bit of a Krista. shadow. You always, you have a little bit of a shadow. You've but, got... I mean, feel how smooth is it? Oh, it's not smooth. Not smooth? No, it's not. <laughs> you definitely have stubble. Maybe that's normal? I'm it's not touching normal. it, but I can see a smidge of a shadow. I mean, it's not first thing in the morning, so... Who could say? Well, so I've been it makes using. Makes you look cool. It's cool. I've been using the same razor since um, my son went back to school. So then I'd remember when I put this one into service, and it's a member's mark, Sam's Club private label razor blade. And so I've been using the same one. He went back to school in early August, so I've been using it for a while, uh, five months, six months. So. Anyway, um, I'm happy with it, but you're telling me I shouldn't be. And she's saying I shouldn't be. The longest I've made one blade go is 14 months. Oh, my gosh. You made me snort. (laughs) (laughs) Your college guidance is not accurate. Stop. Clark, my daughter, recently went to a university. She started at the university, which is a state school, and the tuition would be in line with the 12 to 15K a year a state school costs. We only live about one to five minutes from the university, which is great for us from that standpoint. I will say the following, however. A few of her friends were unable to get into the university and got into the local community college. Some stated they chose to go to a community college instead of the university purely on cost, and they had gotten into both schools. Some of the advice that I hear from you these are the problems with the with that advice. One, the classes are not as challenging and the material is not as advanced. The rigor in those community colleges is not is not as high. This alone is a huge problem for transfer students. Two, the community colleges and some have turned into four-year schools are traps. I know many people that get the runaround and are stuck in these places for 4 years instead of 2. My wife took almost four years to get her associates in nursing and still needed to do another two years at the university to get her bachelor's. I would love to say that community colleges are the best thing ever and the best for your pocketbook, but the truth is they trap you and keep you paying into them. There are also the lowest cost for professors, and unfortunately, it shows. I can honestly say looking at the classwork between both the university-level colleges in Florida and the community college-level classes, it's not even close. Go ahead, change my mind. Well, I love that you said that that our poster is in Florida. What was our poster's name? No name on this one. No name. So Florida is one of the states that has a system set up where there are married community colleges and four-year state schools that if you do your first two years at the community college, you're automatically admitted for junior year to the state school. I hear what you're saying, that you're worried that the academics are not rigorous enough at the community college. Uh, I also, in Florida, what they've done is a lot of the community colleges now have state in their name. They'll be like Florida State College, blah, blah, blah. Um, And I guess that could happen. 
One of the things I prefer, though, about a lot of the community colleges, and we're speaking about Florida specifically, versus one of the state universities, is freshman year in particular, the class sizes are much smaller at the community college than they are at the state college. A lot of people coming out of a high school class may not be able to adapt to being in a class that has 800 or 1,200 people in it. I think that they both have a role to play, but for people that money matters, particularly if you have an automatic enrollment option at junior year, I still love the community college option. Hi, Clark. Your advice to shop around for a lower price on medical procedures is obviously sound. However, there may be an additional option for some people who want to price shop these procedures. My medical insurance administrator offers an online listing of providers in my area. They call it the Blue Book. Providers are color-coded. Green has lower than average price, yellow is around average, and red is higher than average. The insurance company wants you to use the lowest cost-qualified provider, just like you and your company do. Mine was easy to use, and I can use the list whenever I've reached my deductible or not. It makes sense to talk to your insurance company or your HR department if your medical insurance is through your employer. They may also have access to pricing information. Russell in Missouri. Russell, that's a fantastic suggestion, and I love that. There was uh, Years ago, there was an insurer selling plans to small businesses that had with it for the employees a red light, yellow light, and green light system so you would know the cost differences from provider to provider also. All right, this is just fun. Someone heard you being interviewed on Atlanta radio station about the Super Bowl this weekend. So they wrote in, I heard your analysis on the Atlanta Super Bowl. You spoke about avoiding counterfeit tickets and that the price is dropping on the secondary ticket market, like StubHub, due to the Pats, another Super Bowl, and the Rams too far away. And so you also said lodging prices would drop as we get closer, as reality would set in that fewer fans would come. Interesting that you pointed out that for the Super Bowl, many arrive the day of the game in private jets and leave after the game, not needing lodging. You did a good job of being both informative and entertaining. I say entertaining as I have no interest in attending the game, but still enjoyed your commentary. It was fun. Thanks. (laughs) Well, you know, football is my life, so getting a chance to talk about the NFL at any time. I mean, if the game had been the Saints and the Kansas City Chiefs, it would have been probably the most expensive Super Bowl to ever attend because the fan bases are so rabid. And so this time, it's going to be one of the cheaper Super Bowls to attend in recent times. Okay. And quickly from our mailbag, I look in Clark's website regularly and often want to leave a comment, but I can't find a way to accomplish that mission. I've actually never seen a comment there either, so that has me puzzled as well. And I listen virtually every day to the radio show and enjoy Clark's take on most things most of the time. Nevertheless, it's pretty much a one-sided conversation. And while I'm here, feel free to pass on to Mr. Howard. You, sir. Mr. Howard? No, no. Clark, Clark. You, sir, Clark. are an expert on some things, not the expert on those things. Never mind. <laughs> Nevertheless, keep up what you're doing. It's better than the loud mouth on the other station, LOL. And I'll say we do have comments at the bottom of all of our article pages, um, not on the main homepage of Clark.com. It's called Discuss. So you click on Add a Comment and you can comment there. Or you can go to Facebook, Facebook.com slash Clark Howard. And we post most articles if you want to comment there. You know, I face a challenge every day on the air in that the topic areas we cover are so varied. And I read like a maniac. But there will be times you feel like my answer 
is a stretch, not specific enough, um, not useful enough. I do the best I can every time. And if I don't know, I'll say, I don't know. If there's something you feel I've, I've missed the mark on or I'm just plain wrong, please go to Clark.com, go to Clark Stinks, and let me know. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Kelly is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Kelly. So you have uh, something going on that's not so much fun. Tell me. I rent a home and the lease is up, you know, my yearly lease is up in about five months. And he has just told me that he would like to sell the property and he wants me to wait until he sells it to move. We have talked about it and he says if I give him enough notice, he would give me my deposit back. But he wants to come in the house like every other day. He's willing to come in and um, do some renovations and stuff. And I have to leave for him to show the house. My question is, is what kind of right or what kind of grounds do I have because it's not listed in the lease um, for this to happen and so I just don't know where what I can do what what's in it for me basically. So the landlord has no right to impose these conditions on you unless that was negotiated in writing in the lease. A landlord only has access to the property for emergency purposes or to do uh, maintenance or repair to the home that is in the normal course of you being a tenant. So the landlord wants out of this property and wants you to accommodate him in ways that are not reasonable. That's so, correct. So just because he wants to do it doesn't mean he can do this. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what works for you. So in order for you to be inconvenienced in such a way... How much of a discount on rent do you think you should receive? I really don't know because I've always been the nice person to just let people do this, but I'm just kind of tired of it. Nope, you're not letting somebody run all over you here. Right, right. So um, I don't know. I don't even know what would be normal or, you know, what I would have grounds to even do. Well, how do you feel about him calling and saying, hey, somebody wants to come see it in 30 minutes and need you out? By the way, the place needs to be spotless when they get there. How are you going to feel about that? I'm not. You know, the realtor came through um, Monday, and then he called me yesterday and said now his wife wants to go through with the realtor to see about the changes she can make. Um, and I said, well, I, she can't make those while I live here. And he said, well, you guys can fight that out. And I'm like, no. Like, no, no, no. There's happen. nothing to fight out. You <laughs> may need uh, – you sound like a very nice person. Uh-huh. But – you're not going to let this guy run you over, okay? 
I know, and I've learned that from listening to you. <laughs> so what I would do is I would get something in writing right away and be very polite in it, but very clear that that it is unacceptable for them to expect to be able to do renovations and come in the property whenever they wish with you being a tenant under a lease and that you will not agree to that. Now, the other question is, is am I allowed to stay through the end of my lease? Yes, even you if are. It? Yes. Okay. But, but uh, you should be in control of the process completely. Exactly. So that brings <laughs> forward this question. Do you have any interest in owning the property? Um, I do, but I already tried to go that route, and it and it works. You know, the numbers actually work, but I don't feel comfortable. I want more money to put down, um, and that's kind of like I needed another year. Um, I had another year plan. You know, by next year, I could have bought the property or bought another property. Well, let him hold the second mortgage. I'm sorry? You can let him hold a second mortgage. An owner provided partial financing, where you do an 80% mortgage with a lender and whatever amount of down payment money you don't have yet he can hold that in a second so he'll have right away most of the money for the property but then he'll be getting a check from you every month for the portion that would be the second mortgage right i'm not sure that i would want to do that with him (laughs) okay if if you're not comfortable with that Mm -hmm. then it means that maybe uh, you and this landlord need to get divorced. Exactly, exactly. And in that case, you send him a letter saying that you will not agree to allow the access to do the improvements he wants to do to the property, and you will mm-hmm. not agree to access for showings except under the following conditions. And you set conditions that are, that are acceptable to you. And then you tell him, or as an alternative... You can buy me out of my lease, and he needs to pay you money for you to relocate because you have a full legal right to remain in that property for the remaining months of the lease. Right. And by the way, I tell, if he had called me, I routinely say, uh, you know, getting all this done is going to be really hard with that tenant in there. Go offer him some money so they'll move. That's what he needs to do, and you just have to stick to your guns, and as they say in counseling, when they do marital counseling, you need to stay on your side, meaning that you don't try to accommodate him to your detriment. You make sure you protect your interests and don't let him push you around. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.